Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on a Tuesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Patriots beat the Texans this past weekend. Final score, 25-22. And with that, the Pats are now 2-3. and three. Joining us now, as he does every single Tuesday, is our guy, the voice of the New England Patriots, as heard right here on WDEV. It's Bob Sosi. Bob, appreciate you being with us as always. You know... We had Andrew Catalan on yesterday from CBS, who did the game on the TV side of thing, and I asked him to describe Sunday's game in one word. Before I tell you his, I want to know what your one word is to describe uh, Sunday's game. Can can I use two words and borrow from a baseball team slogan? It's a team that, as we record this, is still in the postseason. Yes. Back in 1983, I think, with the, the Chicago White Sox under Tony La Russa, their slogan was win ugly or winning mm. ugly, something to that effect. And that would be the, the two-word headline I would put on the, the game on Sunday. But, you know, in the NFL, uh, they're all pretty in the, in the, you know, in the standings. <laughs> so any, any victory counts. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the best, most stylish performance by the Patriots much of the way, at least from a defensive point of view. But offensively, you know, notwithstanding the fumble that cost them a touchdown early, you know, I thought they did exactly what they had to do, obviously, with Nick Folk coming through four for four to win that game. Andrew Catalan's word was gritty. That was his <laughs> win, gritty. So, you know, Andrew has a sunnier disposition than I. <laughs> well, I think I must tend have, to. All that time he spent in the Green Mountain State. Yeah, absolutely. We enjoyed talking about that yesterday, too. You know, Bob, I look around the AFC and I keep telling myself that the Patriots are, you know, still potentially a playoff team. But I think the AFC is really, really deep now all of a sudden. It feels like it got deep right before our eyes. Baltimore is still good. Cleveland is good. And Cincinnati is now good. The Chargers all of a sudden look phenomenal. I'm like thinking to myself, I think the Patriots can be a good team, but I don't know where their in is because there's a lot of other good teams in the AFC now. Well, we are in October, and we know yes, there's a long true. way. To January. And what I find that, that's especially interesting about the AFC, you, you mentioned those teams and, you know, the the, the old blue chips, we, to borrow a term that you used to hear a lot about uh, with Kentucky and North Carolina, the blue bloods in college basketball and, uh, you know, the, the, the blue chip stocks. Well, the, the blue chip franchises for me in the NFL, at least in the AFC of late, have been Kansas City, uh, Pittsburgh, perennially, of course, in the mix, generally speaking, the Patriots. And you rattled off those teams. Baltimore is one of those consistent winners in the AFC. But here you have the Bills looking so dominant yeah. you know, after they ended a, about a 20-year drought in the playoffs and got in and lost and then you know, gradually taken steps the last few years. And last year, of course, got to the AFC Championship. And now here they are after dominating the defending AFC champions on Sunday night You know, in, in great position in the Patriots division, the AFC East. But you look at the the, the the standings across the board, there are a lot of teams that went into last week three and one and a lot of teams that went into last week one and three. And I think what's most imperative for the Patriots, and this is going to sound cliche, is to ignore the standings and forget about projections down the road. It's a week-to-week -week league. Uh, the Patriots have been a week-to-week -week team. Although they've lost three of their first four, generally against quality competition, they were you know, close and had an opportunity to win the games against New Orleans in Tampa Bay, and then, of course, a bit of a setback in a lot of respects emotionally at the outset of the game against Houston. But I think that they'll be up for this game with Dallas. And, and then this is really, I guess, a, you know, a, a real benchmark game for them uh, when it comes to you know, what kind of a football team they, they do have. 
I heard Josh McDaniels a little while ago say that from an offensive standpoint, it takes six to eight weeks really to understand who you are, what you're good at, what you're not good at. Uh, so I think that goes probably for all phases of the game. So we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Patriots identity. And at that time, we didn't think we had one. It sounds like Josh McDaniels thinks the team is getting close to forging their identity. What do you think it is as we move towards that six to eight week timeline? He said he just set out. Well, I would say this, you know, as poorly as they played at times, and in particular, as much as they as they have struggled in some very important categories, like a great predictor for success or failure, turnover margin. Uh, the Patriots have lost the turnover margin, you know, in every game with exception of week two against the Jets. Yeah. The last week, they got a takeaway on the final play of the game on a desperation lateral on uh, and, and that hook and ladder play. But I look at them and, and say, you know, this is a team that uh, has overcome areas like that as well as the penalties, as well as the breakdowns defensively, as well as the lack of starters on the offensive line, starting full replacements on the offensive line, including, you know, people brought being brought up from the practice squad playing in that game. So I, I think that I'll borrow Andrew Callahan's term. Right now they're gritty. They're two and three. It's not where they want to be. It's not where we expected them to be. But at least they're in position if they can play well against Dallas and get back on the winning track in particular at home. Now they're at 500, and you go from there with the Jets coming in. But I would say gritty. They competed in the yep. game on Sunday. To borrow Matt Jones's words, you know, they I'm not sure we outplayed them, to paraphrase, but we all competed to them. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show and WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, for a long time, I thought the Patriots were going to figure it out with Stephon Gilmore. And they were going to subsequently then let J.C. Jackson walk for big money in free agency. Then, now Gilmore's gone, and I think to myself, well, I guess they're going to have to lock up Jackson because they, they can't lose both of them. Jackson did not have a very good game on Sunday. Does that just seem like a one-off, I hope? Because he's, he's definitely better than that. Well, you know, he played last year down the stretch as the Patriots' so-called number one cornerback, of course, when Gilmore had the quad surgery. And, you know, J.C. had, you know, some issues. He had a lot of interceptions. We know that. He's a very skilled player when it comes to his ball skills. And he's a guy that generally has been very competitive. He's a good tackler as a cornerback. He's someone who's played well, by and large, for the Patriots, if not very well. But I thought it was interesting in the spring, Brady, when the Patriots tendered him with a second-round tender as a restricted free agent. You know, a team could have had him had they given him an offer the Patriots didn't match and therefore mm. given up a second-round draft pick. To me, if you think a guy is a number-one cornerback in the NFL, and this is a guy with a track record now coming into the league in 2018 with that body of work that included all those takeaways last year, you know, he might be worth the second-round pick, I would think, in the minds of most teams around the league. But he came back to the Patriots, of course, on the second-round tender. And you're right. They've got to make a decision with him. And I was I was disappointed they couldn't come to some sort of an agreement with Gilmore. And I understand the concerns. Guy coming off quad surgery, uh, 31 years of age, trying to make any kind of a commitment to him financially that's going to not only pay him this year and maybe next year, but also be on your books because whatever they would do would involve some creative marketing to try to alleviate you know, the, the salary cap hits. So you might be paying for that contract you know, a couple of years from now. And I can understand some trepidation about doing that. But at the same time, you know, I've, I've said since the spring, we did a, a spring football show, Ted Johnson, the former Patriot linebacker, and I, mm -hmm. 
and on our flagship here in Boston. And we talked about it at the time the Patriots put that RFA tender on JC. Now, I just don't know in those situations, especially against really good receivers. And you go back to Stefan Diggs last year, late in the season against Buffalo, whether, you know, that that's a guy that you want to commit $16 million to uh, on a franchise tag or, you know, a large sum over a long term as your quote unquote number one cornerback. You know, Bob, interesting stuff, media availability today. Ivan Fears, the running backs coach for the Pats, said he thought that Ramondre Stevenson, who was active on Sunday, was running tentatively and was running scared. And I got to say, I, I agree with him, but I also get it. Ramondre Stevenson fumbled in week one. I don't even think that that was a fumble, but that's besides the point. I thought he was down, but um, he fumbles in week one. He gets put on ice for several weeks after that. If there's one thing I disagree with Bill Belichick on, it's putting these backs on ice after they fumble. I mean, J.J. Taylor, we didn't really see this week, and it's a running back room. It's We were told it was a running back collective. Can you afford to... to to put these guys on ice because it certainly seems like it kind of shattered uh, Stevenson's confidence and his coach kind of noted that. Well, you know, Brady, I think it's been Bill's MO as long as I've been calling the games. I think yeah. back to one of the most memorable wins for the Patriots and in particular, one of the most exciting victories my first year, they were down 24, nothing at halftime against Denver. And I think in that game, LeGarrette Blunt, Stephen Ridley and Shane Vurian all fumbled. And Brad Bolden came into the game, and really, <laughs> he mm. was he was the Patriots running back, essentially the rest of the way. Uh, we we've seen in the years since really have more issues with fumbling and be sent to the sidelines. And we saw it, I think, with Damian Harris earlier this year with that fumble in Week One, and Ramadi Stevens with the fumble in Week One, and then you know yesterday Harris fumbled going in for the touchdown, and I know he came out later and, and played before he got the chest injury. But the next series, I think Ramadri Stevenson was back off ice. He was back out there uh, for the Patriots on that next series. So I think that, you know, it's been consistent way that Bill has operated as the head coach. I do think that the situation right now, the circumstances surrounding this running backs group for the Patriots is unlike what they faced. You know, I mentioned those names in that Denver game in 2013. I think the Patriots felt they were going to have a running back room as deep, if not deeper, here in 2021. Well, Sonny Michelle was traded. Then James White was hurt early in the third game of the season. Uh, Stevenson had the fumble in week one. J.J. Taylor was inactive. He finally gets involved in a high-leverage situation as a pass receiver, and he fumbles right away in very good field position against Tampa Bay. Critical play in that game, and he was inactive last week. Uh, and now you have Harris, of course, with his injury. We don't know the extent of it as you and I speak today. With Bolden, being the workhorse, he played two offensive snaps the first couple of games, and he's been out there for the bulk of the load in third-down situations, if not overall, each of the last three games. And he's a guy who's up there in years. And Brandon Bolden's a really solid leader on this team and a solid player overall, uh, the kind of guy that Bill Belichick really values as a core special teamer who can do the little things that we tend, not, tend to overlook, like pass protect, yeah, in the running back position and not make all the flashy plays. Uh, he, he doesn't fumble. He's only fumbled once in over 300 touches in his career as a running back. But I'm not sure you can go through the rest of this season relying on just Brad and Bolden and hoping that Damian Harris can come back. So you've got to develop those two young backs, Stevenson and Taylor. 
Bob Sosi, voice of the Pats, Pats and Cowboys coming up on Sunday. We will have it for you. Uh, Bob, my gut tells me, I'm not putting a prediction out on Tuesday, but my gut tells me the Pats are going to have to come to play because this Dallas team looks phenomenal early and they look markedly improved defensively. Yeah, they do. That's what's been impressive to me. And it looks like Dan Quinn, who the Patriots have faced as a defensive coordinator and had a lot of success against in Atlanta, of course, Super Bowl 51, he was the head coach. But nonetheless, that was his defense. And you go back to Seattle uh, when he was with the Seahawks. He's a guy that, you know, plays that cover through the Seattle style defense. And the Patriots have fared well against it through the years. But I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, what, what they're going to see from him, because it looks like he has added some wrinkles this year and, and yeah, coached his defense a little bit differently. Uh, so it may look uh, on, on the surface very similar to what they saw in Super Bowl 49 and as well Super Bowl 51. But. You know, we're going to see whether, uh, you know, the, the, the Cowboys are going to give them something different to look at today or the, the, on Sunday. Bob, looking forward to listening to you on Sunday. You and Zoe will have the call right here on WDEV, and we will talk again in seven days. All right, Brady, sounds good. Thank you.